This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, my name is Chris. And I'm Christina. And this is The Talking Dead podcast number 279, recorded on Monday, September the 5th, 2016. Um, I want to bring up something I screwed up last week, and that was that when I posted last week's episode, I accidentally numbered it 277, which is the same number as the one before that, and it should have been 278. So uh, Jason actually pointed this out to me because he had trouble downloading it for some reason, which I don't think was related to the misnumbering. But if you did and uh, or you were confused in any way, I fixed it, I renamed it, and I republished it. So hopefully that didn't mess anybody up. Hmm. Any, Hopefully not. Yeah, any any more than it did for Mr. Miles. So uh, speaking of Mr. Miles, as you can tell, he's still not here. Um, but uh, I spoke to him today and he thinks he'll be back next week. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. He, he can take as much time off as he needs. Um, yeah, we're having fun. But we are having fun. That's for sure. We mm-hmm. are good to go. Um, it's Labor Day also. The day before school starts. Right. For so, our kids up here in Toronto. School starts tomorrow, first day of school for the year. So really, we should be getting lunch ready and yeah, organizing all should, their stuff, but we're but not. But we'll do that in the morning, and it will be a mad panic here at the house, and that's we should really fine. record one of our mornings, and then we could play it for everyone, but I don't think let's that's, not. I don't think you'll that's a good see, idea. Everyone will see me in a really bad light all of a sudden. <laughs> no, <laughs> Drill I Drill sergeant mom. <laughs> I think that's not a great idea, no. but not for that reason. Um, but speaking of seeing you in a really bad light, a good light, I think. Oh God. So (laughs) last week while we were getting ready to record this podcast, I pressed the record button and we were sort of getting set up and you decided to sing a little, uh, the dip, 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 dip dip song, a little jingle. Yeah. And then, and you didn't tell me. Well, I put it. You were going to put it on podcast episode. Right. So sometimes at the end of the show, I put little outtakes Uh, and uh, I think they're funny and and it's great. So I put that at the end, which was awesome. And I just want to say right now that that it's not a good representation of my voice. I don't think on. I usually sing. I wasn't trying. So it's it's I go flat at times. It's it Just was telling fine. everyone it was that. fine. Don't <laughs> I didn't think it was great. Don't be like that. It was great. Okay. Um in case you turned things off as soon as you heard the uh the end music last week, here's a little clip of what it sounded like. Who put the bump in the bump 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 who put the ram in the ram lama ding dong. Right? So that's kind of what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. So listener Sean Bishop from Vancouver BC who uh, it sounds like is a part-time music producer or album producer is what he said in his email. He took the opportunity to, to remix you. To embellish it a bit. <laughs> no, hmm. I, I, it's sort of a remix. Yeah. Uh, here's what he came up with. And I just think this is fantastic. So I want to I think play it's it. a vast improvement on what it sounded like before. Here we go. Who's that man? I'd like to shake his hand. 
That was amazing. Oh amazing. I still, I'm still laughing when I hear it. The first time you played it for me today, I was like in tears laughing. It's really good. Like I have to say, what was the name of the listener that sent it in? Sean Bishop. Sean, you did an awesome job. It's great. Um, I just hate that end part when I sing because I, I swear I go flat and I go quieter. And then I put on this like... I like to shake his hand. It's Looks amazing. Like I'm trying to put on an Elvis voice or something, and I just wasn't trying. But and I love Jason's little bit at the end and the baby crying. Totally, <laughs> it's so it, funny. It was so good. It was so good. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> it might be it's like awesome. my new favorite thing that a listener has done. I bet you've never been remixed before. No, I haven't. So I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I should sing every week and then he he could keep doing that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i, I don't know he'll get bored it was that. awesome so thank you sean for yeah that. thank you totally awesome. totally made our week mm-hmm. all right let's uh get into the real program here and talk about fear the walking dead so we as we are known to do as we do we we take a look back at last week's episode quickly before we get into this week's episode and the first thing to report on is the ratings now we were up north this weekend with a friend of ours who works in the TV industry. Yeah. Hi, Sarah. She listens to the show. All right. Hi. <laughs> Giving her a shout out. There you go. <laughs> and she was talking to us about ratings a little bit and how these days TV studios and all those sorts of people are, are interested in the not so much the live ratings, like how many people mm-hmm. watched a show when it aired, yeah. but the live plus seven ratings, which is... I guess how many people watched it live when it aired. Then you add in all the people who watch it over the next seven days off their DVR yeah. or from, I guess, other sources like, like iTunes. iTunes, like we do, and or like yeah. yeah. So, um, so the numbers that I report here come out the more the day after the show airs, and I usually get these from Wikipedia, but they in turn come from a site called TVByTheNumbers.com. And I guess because they're reported the day after, these are the live ratings or or maybe live plus one, if that's a thing, like the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they're not quite as important these days, although I guess the live numbers would still be important. But these numbers anyways, mostly represent people who watched it live. Yeah. So I don't know where to get live plus seven. I'm not sure if that's something that's easily accessible to to us. We should probably. Uh, did Sarah say where we can get that? No, she could probably so tell could us probably... the Canadian numbers. She could uh, be our source on this, which are great. Canadian would be great, but I'm sort of in general more interested in the U.S. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think the the ratings you were getting is. Uh, at least it's showing sort of, you know, like because you were comparing to the the original show at however many compared to where this one is now. And there is you can see there's a comparison there. So, well, yeah, it's 
it's appropriate in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. The, the For comparison, for sure, because the numbers I report for the main show are the live ones as well. Um, so as a difference, it's completely valid. In terms of what it means for the success of the show, I don't know if uh, if what I'm sort of reporting on here is as influential. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, the number of million viewers for season two, episode nine, last, last week's episode are 3.66 million, which is down about 200,000 from the one before. So it's continuing to slide a bit. Mm. Um, but as TV by the numbers put it, the ratings actually held steady. So I think a 200,000 variance is not enough to, uh, for them to sort of say it's down, it's, it's down, up, whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they, it's sort of at the same level. So, okay. So I don't think they consider that a drop, but it is 3.66 lowest number ever for the show and lowest number for any Walking Dead TV show. I think I'd have to go back um, to the first season of the original to double check that. Mm -hmm. But in any case, it's a bit uh, it's a bit down. Okay. Okay. Some email from listeners about last week's episode. This comes from Sean in Richmond, Virginia. Sean says, I have a different interpretation of one particular scene you talked about. You mentioned that you thought that Nick's dad died as a result of purposely going into oncoming traffic. My interpretation, however, was that he was a drug addict just like Nick, and that is what Madison meant by he has his father's darkness. As a result of his drug abuse, he passed out or nodded off on his way home and swerved over into oncoming traffic. So his death was unintentional, but as a result of his addiction and the reason why Madison worries so much about Nick. She sees his father in him and is scared he may face the same fate. Yeah. Interesting new theory. Yeah. It doesn't, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean he killed himself, right? No. And I mean, the only reason I interpreted it as him killing, uh, as him having killed himself was because Madison said to Strand, that's what I told the kids was that he fell asleep. But maybe what she was trying to say was, well, my husband was high when he crashed. Yeah. I mean, she she definitely lied to the kids about something mm-hmm. or made up a story somehow. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily have to be suicide. It could have been, yeah, it could have been he was wasted or high or whatever. And, and he, you know, uh, as Sean says, fell asleep or or just accidentally drove into oncoming traffic. Um but I have a feeling we'll probably slowly get a little bit more information about that. Yeah. And, you know, when Nick does reconnect with his mom, which we assume he's going to do uh, eventually, then uh, maybe they'll have a conversation about it. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Steve on the Internet writes, Chris, listen to your wife. She's spot on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the bites fake and he's using it to inspire the others. So he's talking about... Uh, oh, yes. Uh, Alejandro. That's right. Who showed the bite to Nick and 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 other people. He didn't really show it to Nick intentionally, well, he didn't, though. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was sort of intentional. He didn't go, hey, look at my bite. He sort of <laughs> leaned. Yeah. And, showed and it his, off a his little. shirt just yeah, my draped open. falling out of open a bit, right? Huh. <laughs> anyway, look at that. Yeah, so I should listen to you is what Steve is saying. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Cheryl in Guelph, Ontario, just down the road a little bit from here. 
writes, uh-huh. I have an alternate theory about Alejandro the pharmacist. Rather than being a governor-esque evil leader, I think it's possible he's just trying to help his community survive, albeit in a misguided way. He is providing them with a belief system that tells them everything will be okay if we stick together, keep the faith, and wait this out. The belief system keeps everyone working together and prevents hopelessness from setting in. And maybe he threw in the human sacrifice element because he knows resources are limited, especially medical supplies, and can't be wasted on those with little chance of survival. He may feel it is uh, compassionate to allow doomed people to think they're sacrificing themselves for the greater good. It could be just a lucky coincidence that he has a nasty-looking scar that can pass for a zombie bite. Maybe he was attacked by those wild dogs. Anyhow, I hope they go this route instead of replacing the evil leader storyline, instead of replicating the evil leader storyline that we've seen a few too many times now. Okay. Um, And and that's interesting. She says about it could be just a nasty scar, because it could. It could be that he's just, he's never said to anyone... Oh, I got bitten. They're just assuming it or something. I don't know. You, yeah, we you well, it seems like he's said I was bitten, right? Because because oh, uh, Luciana. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, so maybe he's. She definitely believes yeah. he was bitten. I think he's been saying that. You know, he's the one who was bitten and survived. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that's true. Like maybe that is just a big chunk out of his shoulder that he's always had, mm. or from some previous injury. Yeah. And he's using it to inspire the people, right? Which I like this idea yeah. that Cheryl puts forth because, mm-hmm. you know, it's being done. The governor has been done. Um, the, the termites have been done. We've had these evil leaders. We have mm-hmm. Negan coming up. Now we have up. Negan coming up, yep. We don't know what he's going to exactly be like, but he's an evil leader. Sure seems that way. Um, so yeah. it would be nice to see this show do something else where the guy genuinely has good intentions, yeah. but he's just kind of he's, approaching it in a sort of misguided yeah, way. Yeah, he's misguided. He, yeah, like he doesn't mean the people harm. And even the way, like when he was helping that elderly, older man and the older man said something like, don't waste the medicine on, what was it? Like he was helping him out. He was, he's not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, I think the older man said something like, well, it'll just be a few more days and then I'll be joining. Like He didn't say I'll be joining the wall, but he wasn't implying it. And it almost seems like the people in this community are becoming willing sacrifices. So he's, yeah, he's got them believing in a, they, he has a belief system in place for them. Right. And, and maybe that's making them feel safe and a sense of community, which... Is, yeah, it's it's good intentioned. It's well intentioned. I mean, good intention. My God, <laughs> that's fine. Well intentioned, but but at the same time, you know, he 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 might be nuts. Like he might be yeah. crazy and and thinking that he really is doing good things here by letting people believe that they're helping everyone else by sacrificing themselves. I mean, that takes quite a bit of influence over someone to to get them to believe something like that maybe so. he thinks he's some sort of messiah or savior or something or he's know, just right? super charismatic and everyone yeah. goes along with yeah. him <laughs> i don't know uh but at the bottom at the end of the day i hope i hope that they do go with something a little different than just sort of a evil leader here because like cheryl says we've seen that before and it's not something we need to rehash every yeah. in every every few seasons mm-hmm. um 
Dan in Durant, Iowa writes, I think the pharmacist has been bitten, but is taking massive amounts of antibiotics to keep the infection from spreading. Also, probably why he isn't giving medicine to the guy with the infection in his leg. He's willing to trade oxy for water, but probably not antibiotics. It will be interesting when the medicine runs out. So another sort of interesting mm. idea where he has been bitten, but he's actually managed to uh, stave off this infection from really spreading that quickly by taking massive amounts of, of medicine. That's something I'd never thought of. Neither did I. I still think it's a fake, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to my guns Stick, here. <laughs> sticking to fake. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's fake, but I like Dan's thinking. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. All right. Christian in San Antonio, Texas writes, I was raised in Northeast Mexico. And let me tell you that one of my fondest memories from childhood is eating a gancito. They're the Mexican version of the American Twinkie, and they're so good. If you mm. want to comfort a child in Mexico, any child, you bring them the pure chocolatey goodness of a gancito, and all of his or her problems will be forgotten. <laughs> oh, so that's what that thing was called that Nick brought her? Yeah, Nick, it's, uh, Christian says, Nick did a brave and thoughtful thing. If I'm in the zombie apocalypse and I have to say goodbye to one of my hands, I'd much rather do it over stealing a gancito. I assume it's Gansito, G-A-N-S-I-T-O. Yeah. Uh, but that's what that's what Nick brought the little uh, oh, girl. Okay, that's what it was called. So even mm. if her father, she has to watch her father walk into a crowd of zombies and get devoured alive, a Gansito can make it all it, go away. It made her day. <laughs> oh, daddy's dead, but I got my Gansito. I got a so chocolate. I'll, I'll be okay now. <laughs> well, it was a cake though. It's like a chocolatey cake. Yes. Sort of like a Twinkie. Yeah. The American Twinkie. Uh, Amer uh, Mexican Twinkie. Uh, yeah, a Mexican yeah. Twinkie. Have yeah. you ever had a Twinkie? I I believe so, or at least something similar. I mean, I've had Joe Louis before. Those were awesome. I know, but I don't know if that's the same. Joe Louis, I think, is a Canadian thing. Yeah, they're Canadian because it's, uh, uh, what's the brand? I don't know. Vasson but, or whatever, and it's it's a Canadian. Right, but Twinkies are definitely American, and... I think I'm I've had not sure that I've you've ever, ever had eaten one? a Twinkie. I know I've had Joe Louis and I would like the wagon wheels or whatever they are. And yeah, I don't know if I've actually. See, we're probably blowing people's minds oh right now gosh. saying that yeah. we've never eaten well, a Twinkie. Well, at least everyone in the U.S. <laughs> That's right. People in Canada might be like, oh, yeah, I never had that. Do they sell them here? I don't think so. At least not where we live, not in Ontario. I don't know. I've I've Jeez. I've never really gone out of my way to look for them. I'll be honest, but I have a feeling they're just not available here. So huh. next time we're in the states, we're, we're gonna, gonna have, have to get some Twinkies. Yeah, Twinkie it up. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All Sounds right. Sounds like a plan. One more uh, quick call here from Designer Will in Brooklyn. Hey guys, this is Designer Will from Brooklyn. Just watched Los Muertos and really liked it. Wanted to leave a couple comments. Uh, first off. Alejandro's being bitten by the infected and has lived. Um, I'm going to side with Nick here. I think it's bullcrap, and I think that Nick is eventually going to figure out um, what's going on and expose Alejandro, and that will be a conflict of interest between the two, and that will lead to either Nick's leaving the group or, or the perhaps the downfall of the group or some sort of thing like that, and that will create a, a an exit for Nick so he can then you know reunite with his family or some other characters I would think 
The other thing is a little bit broader. Uh, you had mentioned that the viewership is down on this show, unfortunately, quite a bit. Uh, my theory there is that this, uh, the writers just have not done as good a job as the original group did with uh, wa The Walking Dead in creating a group that was easy to empathize with. I think we jumped to intra-group conflict a little too fast, and the group got splintered off, and they're just too small. I think The Walking Dead, and part of why that was so successful, is we had uh, quite a few, quite a large group to begin with that kind of banded together and, and felt like they cared for each other, and different characters watched out for each other. And it was just a, a nice... You, you know, you kind of rooted for them, and you, it was easier to empathize with them, and, and you wanted them to stick together, and you didn't want to see them die. And at this point, um, a lot of our characters, I feel, are a lot less likable. Um, but hopefully that, that changes over time. I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on that last bit there, um, if you agree or totally disagree, or if you think there's, there's something there. Anyway... Um, thanks for taking the call. Talk to you later. Thanks, Designer Will. Um, so he obviously agrees that the, the bite is fake, too. Yeah. So, you know, that yeah. seems to be a popular theory yeah. and uh, probably one that's going to will play out, I think. Mm -hmm. But as to his second point about, you know, these characters on this show not quite being as likable and we don't have as much uh, empathy for them as we do on the main show. Um what do you what do you think about that? Is it just because you know we don't we haven't known them as long, or or is there something else? I almost feel like the characters on the original show. There's more character development on that show than on this one. Just I, in general, not in because general. we've been with them so long. Yeah, yeah. It, in general, it it could be. I mean, the shows explore similar themes, but also slightly different themes. Yeah. I think, and. Um, Definitely, for me, the characters on this show are not uh, not as likable. But at the same time, I I'm not sure that's entirely true. Like I think yeah. there's thought there's things to like about about all of them on here. It's just they're they're a little bit different, and I think maybe we haven't quite had a chance to get to know them. Yeah, like we have on the main show, obviously, uh, because it's been around for six years. Um, for sure. But I, I do think that this episode number 10 coming up that we're about to talk about actually did a lot to to help that. Um, yeah, I think especially like I think with Travis, with Travis, yeah. with Chris and um, with. Yeah, especially yeah. those two, but also with Alicia, who had. A big yeah, part in this yeah, one. true. I, I mean, I find after this episode, if I'm getting ahead of ourselves here, I really liked um the role Travis played. And I mean, Travis is one of my favorite characters. Like I like him and Nick probably the most of all the characters. I find those two to be the most likable of all the characters personally. Yeah. Well, I think this episode, um, I think we need more episodes like this that, mm -hmm. that shows us the, uh, um, shows us the the sort of deeper character traits of some of these people but let's yeah. i played this call at, at the end of the feedback so we could move right okay. on into this one All so right. season two Sounds episode good. 10 is called do not disturb and amc described it as this travis struggles to connect with chris while searching for shelter Meanwhile, Alicia meets a lonely woman with a bloody past. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very ominous yes. there. 
Um, so that's what AMC had to say about this episode. And it's pretty accurate, that's I would accurate. say. Um, why don't uh, why don't you dive in a little bit more here in general? What what did you think about this episode? Uh, overall, I like this episode. Ex- yeah. Except for a few little details, and they're so they're I don't know, they're kind of minor. As me being nitpicky, it's nothing wrong with nitpicks. But I really overall, I did enjoy it. I thought that opening scene, like the cold open, was crazy. I was like on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. It was it was like one of those moments where I was like, oh my god, oh my god, like and and even before <laughs> anything happened, I had this bad bad feeling because we know that that's in the hotel because we've already seen mm-hmm. the remnants of the wedding. Mm-hmm. So we know something bad happened there. So it's just, I'm sitting there like, oh my God. And then, yeah. Yeah. yeah I liked the, I, I liked the wedding scene too, yeah. but at this, but I also thought it's, it's super predictable because you, you know exactly where this yeah. is. Yeah. You know exactly what they're doing. You know that something's going to happen. It's true. I mean, like as soon as the, the dad collapses, you're like, okay, here we go. And then the daughter's down there doing mouth to mouth. And I'm like, no, no, that's like, not what you could do. Not, I could not handle because I, I knew what was coming. And right. I was like, oh, she's got to get her face bitten off. Even though I have to say he changed, he turned so quickly. I felt like it was too quick. Like he yeah. was barely dead. And then he was a zombie. Well, he, not that only, was weird. He it was too quick. He died awfully quickly. Yeah. So he has a heart attack and, and like, boom, he's dead. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know heart attack, heart attacks are serious, but they can be fatal. Well, of course. Well, I mean, like they can be fatal, but most of the time, if someone like usually if they could have gotten him to the hospital, like he wouldn't have died right on the spot unless I don't know how massive a heart attack he had. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe a truly massive massive, heart attack. You're you're dead in in 30 seconds or whatever. But I think most of the time, you know, you're able to get as long as there's there's a warning sign. Right. Right. There's warning signs usually. Yeah. Like the pains in the arms or whatever. Yeah. So, so I thought that was a little too, and and I totally agree with you that the scene was predictable, but at the same time, I think it was well done. I think so. I, I, I liked the whole idea of it. I think it was fun to watch, but I could just see what was coming. You know, someone's going to die. Someone's going to turn into a zombie. Oh, there it is. And now she's giving him mouth to mouth. Oh, well, he's going to bite her. (laughs) Um, but the whole part with Elena, the hotel manager, that was what had me really on edge. Right. Because you could tell she knows something's wrong and she knows she keeps looking around and she looks really concerned. And she she almost at first I thought she was like a security person at the wedding because she was so like on her guard and just like uh, on edge. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I But that's what I was going to say is that the whole wedding thing that the importance of that was to set her up, right. To set her up, to give her the opportunity to lock them in there and, you know, have to struggle with that later. And, and and I'm sort of okay with it for that. Right. I mean, we needed to be introduced to this character. Seeing the wedding was a good way to do it. We knew a wedding had taken place there because, you know, when Mm -hmm. they first arrived, they talked about it a little bit. Um, So even though it was kind of predictable, I enjoyed the scene and it did a good job of, of setting up, Elena's character yeah. or introducing us to her anyways. Yeah. Um, I'd say overall, I really like this episode too. Uh, 
I, I know there will probably be people out there who sort of say, well, it was too much of Travis and Chris driving or sitting yeah. and talking and stuff like that. But for me, I think they did a really good job of balancing their story, which was until the end kind of mostly talking, talking and yeah. sitting in a car or yeah. around a campfire. Yeah. Um, but they balanced that really well with all the Alicia stuff, which was actually mostly action yeah. and excitement. I, and I thought quite a bit, yeah, there was quite a bit of action in this one. Especially I on thought, her side, uh, right? Especially on, but even with them, like with yeah. when they meet up with the dudes and that's what I'm going to call them, the dudes, the three guys, no, 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 they're Brandon the, and his buddies, the dudes. They're the bros. Well, or... <laughs> I was more, definitely. I think bros. I heard Chris Hardwick refer to them as the three bromigos. Yes, see, they're <laughs> bros. Something. They called they're each bros. other bro like hundreds of times. Yeah, yo, bro, and they're bros. <laughs> and like, what's with the name Baby James? I think he's the youngest, and that's what yeah. bros do. They give each other nicknames. I know, but you know what? I could totally see him like losing his. Can I swear on this show? Yes, you can. <laughs> I could see him losing his shit. <laughs> Yeah. And just wailing on the guys going, don't call me baby. <laughs> that's that's just like, his name. He'll you, just be like so fed up, like, stop calling me baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably going to die anyway, but yeah. uh, baby James. Baby James. There's nothing wrong Sweet with that. Sweet baby James. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I, anyways, I they were okay. The, the yeah, bros, they the bros. were kind of wacky almost a well, little bit. They're adding conflict in. Yeah. Between Travis but, and Chris. But what I liked about those guys is that they came off as reckless, right? Like they were way too they nonchalant were back about for everything. From spring break, man. Or they were like whatever it was. They were they or said whatever they were, they were, they were camping. camping. But it was I think it was for part of spring break or something. I don't know. They were camping, they were partying, whatever. Yeah. And they were way too reckless, but I really feel like in the in the real zombie apocalypse, I don't doubt that you would come across guys like this right who oh, are just sure. living it up and like he the uh, i think it was brandon in the back of the truck even said you know there's no cops anymore there's no speed limits he said the end times made us gods these yeah. are these guys are idiots yeah. and they don't yeah. really see the greater picture here and they think this is like awesome <laughs> yeah you know for sure um and 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 they i think they did a good job of portraying these guys not really as bad guys but just young dumb idiots you know what I mean? Yeah. They're 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 the ones driving around and hitting people's mailboxes off with baseball bats. Although I do wonder though if they are I mean if this the zombie apocalypse has turned them into bad guys because so this is a question I have. The scene where Chris goes into the taqueria, I believe it is. Near the beginning. Yeah, yeah where he steals their food, the mm -hmm. the beans and the water. Mm -hmm. The the shopkeepers or the shop owners are lying dead. Freshly dead, it looks like. Yeah, is it fresh? Yeah, like they, like gunshot wounds to the head. It, they were so in pools I, of blood. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, my first thought was, okay, the guys that are in there have have murdered those shopkeepers or shop owners. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I but then I started to think. I go, I think to myself, oh, but maybe they killed themselves. Like maybe they were like, Oh, we can't deal with this. And they, but who knows? Right. We don't know. And that's the thing. When Chris was all sort of getting on board with these guys, when they found him and Travis at the campsite, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like you saw the shop owners were killed. Those guys probably killed them. 
Why do you want to be their friend? Well, because this is this is how Chris is now. Exactly. Right? And so that brings me to my next. I, w- I made some points as we as I watched. Of course. The second time. Um, I think that uh, this episode is showing that Chris has a very dark side to himself. Clearly. I mean, yeah. we've been seeing that already leading mm-hmm. up to this, but it's definitely came out in this episode. Um, and he was constantly at odds with Travis Mm -hmm. at one point all I could think was Chris you're being such an ungrateful little asshole (laughs) because that's all I could think because you know his dad has come back to get him he didn't have to he went to get him and then he was he seems to be arguing with him or fighting him at all turns on this at this up during this episode yeah and then the culminating moment comes when they're confronted by the man that owns the farm that they're that they find themselves on with these three bros, mm-hmm. and he shoots the guy who owns the farm. Yep. Well, let's, Chris shoots him. Yeah. Let's right? let's talk about the end. Okay. Uh, sorry. In a bit at at the end. Getting ahead but, of things here. No, that's okay. The the um, you know, I I think you're right. Obviously, Chris is completely He's, gone. He's totally or he's lost just it. very a very disturbed person, and he always was maybe. Yeah, because he's saying how, oh, they didn't under you know he at one point he says, uh, where is my notes? I actually wrote the quotes down. Um, Chris said we need a group, and Travis said we had that, and Chris said they look at me different, meaning the bros, right, the new right. guys, and you know, I, it's like Chris doesn't realize that, well, I think that Madison and the rest of them did accept him until he started acting completely crazy, mm-hmm. but maybe he was always sort of a little and I unstable. Don't, I don't mm-hmm. feel like they ever fully rejected him as the no. thing. This show is, is about family, right? And staying with your family and helping yeah. them and doing what you need to do. And, um, you know, uh, Madison is out there searching for Nick and Travis goes searching for his son. And, uh, I know in a way that tore the family apart a little bit, but I do think they'll come back together. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about Chris and Travis in this episode is that Trav or Chris's sort of transformation into the way he is now was sort of shown to us, you know, through his relationship with his dad. Right. Mm-hmm. So Travis is mm-hmm. obviously deeply concerned about how Chris is just willing to so willing to kill, kill everybody. Yeah, Like he was bragging about he'd killed 17 or whatever. Yeah. And the, and the bros thought that was They're a like, great that's number, a solid you know, number, a healthy number, I <laughs> think. Healthy and number, then, that's it. Um, and Chris says it gets easier with practice and so on. And, and him and his dad just have conflicting attitudes about the mm-hmm. whole thing. Right. Chris wants to kill everyone. He doesn't mind. And Travis at one point says that they try to, he doesn't count first of all, but they try to avoid the zombies as much as possible which isn't really like what Chris is doing, you no. know, uh, neither is Nick come to think no, of it, but he's doing but something different. Nick's not going around killing them. Nick's like, <laughs> he, he wants walking to, with them. He wants to be one of them. Right. He wants to be one of them. Chris is just a, is just a killer at this point. Now, sure. There's zombies and everything, but obviously Chris showed us in this episode that he doesn't mind killing living people either. Yeah. Um, and you're right. He wasn't, he didn't seem at all, affected by seeing those two shopkeepers at the taco place on the ground. Not at all. I guess it's not clear whether they killed themselves, whether the bros killed them or whether they were actually zombies when they killed them or what happened. But I, well, they didn't look like zombies. They looked freshly. Yeah, but they were, they looked, they were face down. So it's hard to tell. I mean, 
my I feel like it was implied that the bros killed them. I think so too. I think you know? so too. Um yeah, so but so with Travis and Chris's relationship, you know, I mean, uh, to further it, Travis doesn't trust um, anybody else, really. He really would only trust the family he had um, because he doesn't want to go with these bros, whereas Chris does. Um, but I but I and I see that as really, really realistic in a way where, you know, Chris is younger than these guys, but he's not too much younger and he sees them. He kind of, I think he sort of looks at them, looks up to them a bit and thinks these are really cool guys. And, you know, or he sees them more as peers more so than his dad. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, he just, he wants to be like them in a way. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it sort of rips him further away from his father who's trying to control him and who thinks he knows better and frankly probably does, but Chris doesn't see it that way. And, And Chris is, you know, a teenage boy. Who's impressionable yeah. and who is like probably wanting to rebel against his dad. And so it's, this is how it's playing out. He's mm-hmm. sort of not wanting to agree with Travis on anything. Right. Having said that, I think it was nice that they included that little learning to drive yeah. bit. It was kind of goofy, I thought. And I thought to myself, like he, I mean, I know Chris, maybe he may not have, know how to drive a car, but he's not that young. I think he's 15 or something. So I feel like a lot of 15 year olds would be able to just get in a car and drive it. But, but at the same time, it didn't take them long to, to get going. So my point was just that I'm glad they put that in because at least it shows that they do still have a father son relationship, even though they're sort of becoming farther and farther apart. Yeah. Even though it was kind of goofy, so. Well, it was interesting when he said when he was learning to drive, and he turns Travis and goes, "This is pretty easy." And I was thinking to myself, "Yeah, it's like, I think it, I feel like it's the theme of this show currently that things are coming to these characters a little too easily, given the circumstances." Like, okay, so I'm gonna segue into something else. Sure. What's with Alicia and her mad skills with the butterfly knife? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> she's how when. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out the timeline here. So she's in the room, the hotel room. Is that the night of the like the same day where the zombies have been falling off? Yes, the balconies. Yeah, so she's standing there at the door and like, dude, flick, flick, flick. And I'm like, really? Well, I've never. I don't know if I've ever. I'd be like cutting myself a million times. I'm such a klutz. There's no way I'd be like flick. Oh, well, it's ah." it's like I always (laughs) say to myself. I'm I'm kind of as cool as I think lightsabers are. I'm kind of glad they aren't real because if I had a lightsaber, the first thing I would do was cut my own arm off. Yes, you'd cut. And then or I, your hand, and then you'd be like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I, I tried that this weekend. It didn't oh, work God. so well. I, I, in case everyone wants to know, I stabbed myself in the wrist with a screwdriver by accident. It made Luckily, a nice. It wasn't a full in, full on stabbing. It well, wasn't fully in. It was a pretty good. No. Yeah, but luckily it wasn't like a trip to the emergency room. Oh no, my God. it hurt. And I, anyways, uh, but uh, yeah, if if lightsabers were real, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they'd be horribly dangerous, and I'd pick one up and light it the wrong way, and it would go through my stomach or something. Um, But speaking of the timeline, so yes, that is the same night as far as I understand. And she's probably had that knife the whole time. That's her personal protection. Um, But have we seen it before? Well, I don't know, but everyone, it's weird. Everyone carries knives. 
No, I know. We just, everyone carries knives though. Everyone okay. has a, has a gun or has some weapon on at all times. I mean, I did like that. She was really kind of a badass zombie fighter. Well, this sh- episode, it was like, all right, Alicia. Awesome. Like she was she's great coming into her own, you know, she was great. Um, and I think most of the stuff between her and, um, Elena, right. Was, Elena, yeah. was, was really good. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things I didn't, I'm not on board with though. One is an Alicia thing it, during that scene where she's flipping the knife around, mm-hmm. she's carving into the door, the number mm-hmm. of, of, uh, infected that walk by. Yeah. And I don't know, this is a nitpick thing, but I don't know if it's, if it's just where we come from, but she doesn't seem to understand how to keep track of numbers by, <laughs> by carving. As far the as tallying, I know, yeah. yeah. as far as you I know, know, you do one, one two, two, three, three four, four, slash through it. And then slash yeah. through it. That's five. And then you have groups of five. So you can easily count it up five, 10, 15, 20. But yeah, whatever. that's how I've seen it everywhere. Like you see that in movies. Yes. She was is crossing another, each one. And is that I, maybe another method? They use in parts of the world? Well, that's what I was thinking, maybe. Maybe you cross, you you draw five, one, two, three, four, five, and you cross each one, and then you have groups of ten. And so you maybe. are counting by tens instead of by fives. I don't know. I I was like, she's doing it all wrong. How could you, you know, yeah. how could well, you screw that up? Maybe maybe one of our, or one of our listeners can yeah. clue us into that. Like, maybe we're <laughs> missing something, because I don't think I've ever seen it done that way. Ever. Let us know if that's And I remember, yeah, I was thinking the same thing as you. I was kind of like, what's she doing? I don't know. That's a really odd way to do that. (laughs) And then right at the end of that scene when she's about to open the door, but then doesn't. And then we get a shot through the peephole of a, of a zombie zombie. face coming straight at her. I thought that was, I mean, it was just used as a jump scare. Like there was no point to it other than, than, uh, you know, I guess telling Alicia not to go out there, but for the audience, it was just a jump scare. I thought it was actually a pretty good one, to be honest, um, because it was a good looking zombie and it came right at you. It was creepy. But there was no point to it beyond that. So I love how you say good looking zombie. It's a good looking zombie. It's so good looking. (laughs) That's right. Um, And then, uh, but the rest of Alicia's stuff was pretty good. I thought the elevator scene was, was okay. Not, super amazing um it was certainly exciting and if and and you know she had no other option than to escape into that elevator shaft mm-hmm. um but it did kind of look sort of dumb how the zombies or at least one of them just sort of dove down beside her down the shaft but well, i mean i guess they would just fall in right they're not intelligent creatures well that scene let me tell you as i was watching it i was thinking to myself oh come on don't jump on the elevator girl don't do it well, then you're stuck on top of an elevator. Then you're on an elevator and they're all going to fall on you. That's what I was worried. They were like, I was like, please don't let her do that. And then I was so relieved when I saw her reach for the cables. I'm like, okay, good. Do you want, do you want to know what my first thought was when she opens the elevator doors and you can tell she's going to jump onto it? Yeah. I was thinking to myself, all right, if you're going to slide down the elevator cables, you're going to, you're going to destroy your hands. They're going to get all torn up on oh, the way yeah. down. Shredded. So the first thing you do, any intelligent person is take off your shirt mm-hmm. and wrap your hands in your shirt so you can slide down, at least protect them a little bit. But do you think her intention was to slide down? I think she was just getting out of the way and hoping as many zombies as possible would fall on that elevator. Well, no, I think that's probably true. At, at least as soon as she jumped onto it, she realized that when yeah. the two fell down yeah. there. But I was just hoping she'd take off her shirt. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, it's it's what, it's what anyone would do, <laughs> I think. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then that's when we're introduced to Elena. And um, I think she's a good character. And I kind of hope she sticks around for a little while. Like yeah. maybe she actually joins the group. Um, the only problem I had with her <laughs> is that uh, this whole idea of her being able to herd the zombies through the hotel by locking and unlocking doors, I think is a really cool idea. But then when they put the plan into execution so that they can get downstairs, what they want to do is clear out the stairwell, right? By luring mm-hmm. them through and locking them in a room. Yeah, there's It's a really great idea. I think it was really cool, but they screwed that whole plan up. Number one, uh, Alicia leads the zombies into one of the rooms. Why not have the balcony door already open instead of being backed up against it and having to kill one of them, right? That door should be ready to go. Yeah. And then the sheet that she used to climb around the outside from one balcony to the other, why not have that already set up? Like do this pre-work so that you don't have to like panic in the moment with a room full of zombies cracking through the glass. It just seemed like it was there just to make it a little more tense and suspenseful for us. But in reality, they would have done all this stuff ahead of time and the plan yeah, would have been flawless. You'd think. Well, I but do maybe think. if there's a sense of urgency, they're like, oh, let's just do it. Nah, I don't know. You got to, you got to, I mean, I guess it's hard to think logically when you're. When you're faced. Faced with, with that sort of thing. Yeah. But. I think there's just little things you can do to make your life a little easier and a little safer. Um, and I also don't think that the zombies would break the glass that quickly uh, just by banging on it, but they seem to get through awfully, awfully fast. So it was kind mm, of a whole. Yeah, yeah the zom- the glass breaking was a little a bit of a stretch. The I was whole, like, come on. The no, whole thing no, was a little be. contrived just for the, for the, um, the tension of it all, the yeah. suspense. Um but if you look at the plan as, you know, in general and the idea of moving the zombies around like that, I think it's a really, really neat thing. Yeah. And if they're going to stay in this hotel a while, you might, we might see that again, right? Yeah. It's like, we need to be on floor seven. It's going to be. That's the zombie floor. So we're going to have to move them to floor six. The problem <laughs> is they're slowly moving them down, probably. <laughs> that's odd. The zombies usually get off at the seventh floor. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. <laughs> little Simpsons reference there. It's a Simpsons. The blood normally gets up on the. That's a Simpsons slash Sli- the Shining, Shining reference. Where Mr. Burns goes, that's odd. The blood normally gets off on the whatever floor. You're Tons, going pretty know. deep there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um. So, so yeah, good episode. Um. One other thing I wanted to say about this one. I guess there's a couple things. One is I feel like the last three episodes since we've come back from the hiatus have slowed things down a bit. and. I mean, sure, Nick traveled pretty far in the first one, but we got kind of a Nick story. And then in the the episode after that, we got half Nick, half Mm -hmm. Madison Mm -hmm. and Strand and them. Yep. And now in this episode, we we, we kind of go back to the beginning each time, right? And we see what has happened to these characters since leaving Abigail's place. Um, And I like that. We're not speeding through anymore. And I feel like next week, what we're going to see is how... Alicia and, uh, I mean, how Strand and Madison escaped from the bar that was surrounded by zombies. So again, we're going to go back a little bit and we're going to see something that was happening, you know, maybe concurrently with all the Alicia stuff in this episode. So it's, um, it's good. I like that. I like how they're slowing it down a bit. I feel like season one of this show was too fast 
And even the first half of season two sort of plowed through some things kind of to get our characters to the next location. But here we are taking our time again. So that was, that was something I really enjoyed about this one. I was wondering though about Madison and Strand and how they found that secret room. That's one thing I'm wondering about. And the other thing I'm wondering about, so it's kind of crazy because at one point, Alicia, she's making the plan or she's telling Elena, Mm -hmm. you're coming with me. You're my guide. Yep. Right. After they've cleared the zombies out of the stairwell. Yep. And Elena's kind of like fighting her on it. And she said, you need to get to Hector. I need to get to my mom. Mm -hmm. And she says, I don't think, would your mother want you dying for her? And Alicia says. Yeah, on the balcony. they um, Yeah, Alicia says, well, she would die for me. Mm -hmm. So. And what kind of bothered me was the fact that Alicia finally finds her mom and her mom is hiding in a secret hideout. Well, and like I, if her mom would die for her, why has her mom not gone to look for her? I get that she was surrounded by walkers, her and Strand. I get it. We don't know what happened. I'm sure we'll get to see what how that played out. Mm-hmm. They'll probably do a little flashback. I don't know. But I was like, oh, my gosh, really? Like, what is going on here? Well, I'm I'm not sure that's fair to say because we don't have the story yeah, yet. Like, I know. You know, Madison has has wanted to search for Nick the whole time. Alicia had to talk her out of that, right? And yeah. say, we got to go to this hotel. And um, then she got drunk. So yeah, she was yeah. drunk. So she wasn't going to go looking for Alicia <laughs> while she was drunk. No, she was going to. Because then Alicia would be like, mom, what the hell? Why are you getting drunk? Yeah. In the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Terrible idea. What is wrong with you? Um, but but <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, I think all that stuff was kind of happening concurrently with this. So I just don't think Madison has, a, has had a chance yet. And if you yeah. remember, Madison didn't want Alicia to go upstairs by herself um, looking for supplies. But Alicia did anyway. And I don't think, did Madison even follow up on that? Like, she just sort of got drunk with Strand and... No, but she... she um, she was hesitant to let her go, but it ultimately did. Similar in this episode where Travis didn't want Chris to go into the taco place first by himself. Yeah. But then, but then let him go, which was a, which was a big showing of trust in his son. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he told him if you see anything immediately come back and, you know, don't do anything stupid kind of thing. But Even I think though the, Chris kind of did then. Well, kind of, but, you know, he lied. Well, he lied to Travis. He came back to this, the, um, the car and said, uh, I saw the infected. Mm-hmm. So I got out of there. Like you said, I should, or he said something along those lines. Right. But it didn't take him too long until he told him that. I mean, I guess when he was confronted by the guys, he told his dad that he stole it from yeah. them. Yeah. He finally admitted, but I think it's an, a good parallel. We have Travis trusting, at least initially trusting his son to do something. And the previous episode, we had Madison trusting her daughter to do something. And that's why this show is about family. They they, mm-hmm. they are a family, but they split the two up into like the blood relations. Yeah. And showing how Which they... Which makes sense. It does. And, but it's showing how they are dealing with this whole thing together. Yeah. So um, where was I going with that? Uh, about Madison, Madison. So, not abandoning her daughter. <laughs> I don't think she's abandoned her yet. No. I don't think there was time. I think she had her own problems. And I think Madison, you know, was stuck in that bar with Strand basically at the same time that Alicia was upstairs um, getting, you know, you know, jumping into elevator shafts and stuff like that. So they haven't really 
the stories overlap too much right now. Well, we'll actually, see where it goes I to. think because Alicia was ye- yelling at them that the infected were coming. Remember in the last episode in Los Muertos? Yeah. You see the scene where she can see oh, yeah. the dead falling yep. or the, the zombies falling. Mm-hmm. And she starts yelling, mom, off the yep. balcony, hoping that her mom will hear the her to like her right. hear her warning right but i think that lines up right like it they, lines up that they're that's daytime yeah, still and yeah. then then they're stuck in that bar kind of late in the day evening maybe and then it's nighttime and all the alicia stuff happens overnight yeah strand and madison escape from the bar somehow overnight yeah and now the next day is when they connect in the kitchen or wherever it is that they end yeah. up hiding i don't know so we'll see i mean we'll see what how they explain that one. Yeah. I just, my whole, I don't know. I had a problem with that one because Alicia had just finished saying, see, and that's the thing. That's why it's sort of in my mind that mm-hmm. Alicia just finished saying my mom would die for me. Mm-hmm. And, and then she finds her hiding and I'm kind of like, did the writers put that in intentionally? Like, are, are they trying to show us something about Madison? You never know. Yeah. You never know. But what I think they were trying to do and what I loved most about this episode actually was how the two stories ended. So if we go back to Chris and Travis a little bit, you know, they find this farm and the first thing they do is, is check it out, look around for supplies and stuff. And Travis wants to stay. Yeah. And Travis and Chris have this great conversation, which just reinforces their, you know, different mindsets. He's Travis says we should stay here. It's away from the road. We have supplies, we have water, you know, we can be safe here at least for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Not knowing that someone is still there, but um, Chris, on the other hand, just wants to ransack the place like the bros and, and just keep moving and try to get home, which is what they're trying to do. Get back across the U S border. So I think that was a great conversation. Then of course the whole thing plays out where they're, running around like idiots trying to catch chickens with their bare hands in a, yeah. in a barn. It was almost comical. Yes. Like, like throw on some Benny Hill music and that's what you have. <laughs> um, and then of course the farmer comes out with his shotgun and, and Chris kills him. And my favorite moment of this whole episode was actually the last couple of shots where we have um, Alicia breaking through the door and finding her mother. Mm-hmm. And we have, Chris killing that guy and basically losing his father. Yeah. Right. Chris and Travis are, are, couldn't be farther apart. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, Alicia and Madison just found each other in the the same, in the same moment. And I thought it was so well done by the writers and everyone, the director who did this, it was just a really, really good ending to this by having one, you know, mother, daughter come together and one father, son be irrevocably torn apart. apart, Yeah. I think, right. They they are no longer and never will be on the same page about this whole thing. Yeah. So I thought it was one of the best, like, finishes to an episode or ending to an episode we've ever seen on either show it was just really really well done Mm. so i don't know who the director (laughs) was but you know or the writer i could look it up but i applaud you everyone (laughs) so um and then you know i i kind of at this point i think chris will not survive the season i think they've made him super evil and either he will die because he's kind of super evil 
and it'll kind of kind of harden Travis a little bit, but he'll still have his optimistic outlook. Yes, uh, that's what I was going to say. I find that Travis has an optimistic outlook because he talked about how the world will go back to normal. And yeah, I, I like that about him. I like that about him. Yes. I think he's wrong. Well, yeah. we, we kind of well, know he's we wrong. We kind of know he's wrong, but yeah. it's it's good wishful thinking, you know. Yeah, I think so. Um, but if but if Chris is killed, if Chris dies in this season, I think Travis will probably go through some dark times, but I mm-hmm. bet you he'll continue to have that that outlook. Um, I think on the other hand, though, it might even be more interesting if Travis doesn't survive the season and he leaves killer Chris, as they call him, behind with the rest of the group. And that, you know, might not play out so well. Well, and I, I don't know that Chris will necessarily die as a result of being evil. I think he might, it might be his trust in the wrong people Mm -hmm. that in the end does him in. Yeah. Because he trusts these guys, these new bro, these bros. Yep. He's just met them and he trusts them. And I think Travis is right. There's something about them that he shouldn't be trusting. Even if they're not, um, even if they're not, uh, untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. I think, as I said, they're just kind of reckless. And they're, that, kind of, they're reckless, and that's what's going to get somebody killed. Like, yeah, that's right. like baby James got shot by the farmer just before Chris shot him. Oh yeah, baby we don't James. know if baby James is going to survive that. <laughs> I poor, think poor sweet baby James. I can't get over that name. It's just like, who came up with that? I think you know. Yeah, I forgot baby James got shot. Yeah, so he's he probably done already. He, he snapped the chicken's neck, and as soon as he did that, the farmer shot him. Well, you don't snap another yeah, man's chicken. <laughs> like everybody knows that, right? Oh, man. You just don't do it. Uh, so I don't blame that farmer for shooting him. Um, uh, but but I think, yeah, I don't know. I think either Travis or Chris, one of them is is uh, not long for this show at this point. And, and I don't mean Chris is going to die because he's evil. I just mean like they're setting him up to be really ba- This is something this show does. They, they set people up to be one thing mm-hmm. and then they kind of turn it around on you yeah. right before they're killed off. Well, cause Chris has a bit of a baby face almost, you know, like I just, I don't see that actor. He doesn't look like an evil guy. Right. He looks like a nice guy. He looks like a guy you could trust. I don't know about I that. I don't know. I, his hair. face. I think his face looks very, he looks like he'd be a really nice guy. I don't know. I mean, don't judge a book guy by its cover, obviously, but. I don't know. Do you trust guys with shaggy long hair like that? Well, you had shaggy long hair when I met you. Oh, yeah. What about guys with no beard? He doesn't have a beard. Oh, that's right. I have a problem with guys with no beard. <laughs> that's right. I have a problem trusting men with no beard. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm not so sure about that, Chris, anymore. Um, I actually have one more point that sure. I forgot about and it's a, regarding the opening season and it's just, so this is something I do tend to notice. Opening scene, the wedding? Uh, sorry. Oh, did I say season? Yeah. Scene. Right. <laughs> the cold open with the wedding. Um, and this is some, something I do tend to observe in movies and TV shows and you probably know this about me, but that was the music in that scene. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job selecting the Tchaikovsky piece. It's it's from Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. It's a waltz from Swan Lake is by Tchaikovsky. A, is it a and popular wedding dance song? I don't think so. Oh, good. Not for the couple's first dance. Not that I'm aware of. Um, but I mean, the only reason I knew what piece it was is Tchaikovsky is one of my, like, he's my favorite classical composer. Mm-hmm. And Swan Lake... I love that 
ballet. Like they love the music from the ballet. Anyway, I just thought that the use of that song was, or that piece was really well done in that scene because it is a, it is a song that, or a piece that sort of goes between a happy major key down to a more sad or scary sounding minor key. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it started out with the happy couple dancing together to that happy sounding major key. And that continued as she started dancing with her father, the bride named Jessica, I believe. Yep. Who was also, by the way, played by Sissy Spacek's daughter. Okay. <laughs> Is she somebody? Is Shwe- she? Schwiller Fisk. She Sh- was wait, wait, in Schwiller. Schwiller? S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R. We have to... F- Probably can someone sh- tell me what the pronunciation for that is? I'd, I would really appreciate it because I have no idea. I'd go with Schuler. Sh- I'd go with Schuler. Schuler. Okay, Schuller. maybe it's Schuler, but there's yeah. a Y in there. It confuses me. She was in Orange County with Colin Hanks and uh, Jack Black. Oh, that's a movie we saw a long time she ago. She played the girlfriend, but that's all I remember her from. Okay. Anyway, so that part, so you have her dancing with the husband and the song is still sort of happy and uh, upbeat major key. She starts dancing with her father, continues that way. And then as soon as the father collapses, they, they just synchronize it so perfectly where that's where the minor and the more scary half of the piece started. Mm-hmm. And then you throw that in with the chaos of her giving him mouth to mouth and then him biting her in it. Oh, I thought it worked really well. Yeah, no, like that's... I, I think that's why the scene was intense for me because the music sort of affected my view of the scene. That's good. So now uh, I've praised the director and the writers. You've praised the, the music, music department. Music department. And so, editors. Yeah, so they've, they've done a... They've, yeah. Everyone all around did a great job on this one. I didn't notice the music at the time. I did think to myself while it was while I was watching that that uh, it's it's rare that we actually get a piece of classical music that's, on the show, and that's why I noticed it because well, I, and I, it is rare. Also, I find those first the first dance that a bride and groom do at their reception is not usually a classical piece. Right, that's what stood out for me. Well, I guess they well. they were trying something different. Yeah. And it worked out for yeah. a minute or two. And I immediately, like, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, hey, that's Tchaikovsky. There you go. Your mm-hmm. favorite. Yep. Um, so cool. So pretty, re- really solid episode o- overall. And, uh, you know, I liked what it did for all the characters. I liked how the two, you know, the parallel relationships that we have of father-son and mother-daughter kind of, even though Madison wasn't in it very much, uh, you can sort of see that they were going for the um, connection between those two. Um, and just for me, the way they ended it with two characters coming together, mm. physically coming together, and then two characters being so far emotionally apart was uh, was really, really solid. So yep. good job. Yeah. I think this was my favorite episode of the second half so far and maybe my favorite one of season two. And, yeah, it's, uh, it was my, I think it's probably, I, th- I think I agree with you on that one, that it's probably my favorite one of this half of the season so far. Yep. This was number 10, so we've got five more. Mm. Only five more. They're doing 15, which is a weird number for for uh, a season, but why not go for 15? Yeah. All right, we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we've got some of your listener feedback about this episode. Stay with us.
It's time to thank everyone who has contributed to the show. Just one new name this week, and that is Dirk at $3 per month over on our Patreon page. So thank you, Dirk, for contributing to the podcast. If you want to uh, join the contributors, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the talking dead. There you can make a small monthly pledge that really, really helps out with everything we do here. As I've said, all the money collected goes into the software and the equipment and everything we need to uh, put on this podcast. So thank you so much to everyone who has done that. That is patreon.com slash the talking dead. If that's not your thing, you can also use our Amazon links when you do all your shopping at Amazon. And to do that, visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash Amazon and then click on the country of your choice. And uh, we have Amazon affiliate status in the U.S. and Canada and the U.K. and Germany, France, um, and a couple of other places. So if you want to do that, that way when you shop at Amazon, a tiny little cut comes back to us and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash Amazon to do that. We thank everyone so much for all, all your support. Listener feedback. All right, it's time to do some listener feedback about this most recent episode of Fear the Walking Dead. And we are going to start with a phone call from Christine in Northwest England. Hi, guys. This is Christine calling from Northwest England. Wanted to call and give a little feedback about the most recent episode of Fear. This was by far my favorite episode of the season. And I think it's actually the first time this season that I've left an episode really excited for the next week's day or so. Hopefully that means it can only get better from here, and that has to be a good thing. I also just wanted to add how absolutely insane the plan that Alicia and Elena cooked up. You cannot tell me that there are not at least a few adjoining rooms on the floor of the hotel. So why not lure the walkers into one of those and escape through the inside door rather than having to risk your life further by climbing around outdoor balconies? It was just insane, and I may have screamed at the TV just a little. So that's it, really. Just keep up the great work, and I love you guys. Bye. Thanks, Christine. So that's something that didn't even occur to me. Uh, adjoining I was, rooms. Yeah, adjoining yeah. rooms. Yeah, that's really a, good point. That's totally a thing. Yeah. And they made such a big deal about Elena having the keys, right, to every door in the yeah. hotel. Why not find one where there was a door between rooms instead of Seriously. having to climb around the outside? Well, and doesn't every hotel in the room have adjoining rooms? Or every to- hotel in the world, sorry, room. <laughs> <laughs> Every to- doesn't every hotel in the world have adjoining rooms? You'd think, like I, most. I don't know. I've I've and that looks like a pretty nice hotel, so they probably have adjoining rooms. I've been in a lot of hotels in the last couple of years, and I've been in rooms with those adjoining doors and without. So 
I don't know, but yeah. I, I was so focused on the, uh, why not open the balcony door before yeah. you lure the zombies or why not put the sheet, secure the sheet before you're stuck on the balcony that I didn't even think of adjoining rooms, but, but that, yeah, it totally simple, makes sense. As simple as that. It was, it's such a simple idea. It's I mean, true. unless there, some floors have those and some don't, and they just had bad luck and they were on a floor that yeah. didn't, I don't know, Who knows? but it is a good point. Very good point. Uh, this is an email from Gemma, longtime listener Gemma in South Wales. I think Chris has crossed the line of no return. Which Chris? Yeah, you? it could be me. <laughs> oh my God. I know. See, that's the problem with the character <laughs> named Chris. We don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. I may have crossed the line of no return. We'll have to find out next week. Uh, Gemma goes on. He is reminding me of Lizzie from The Walking Dead. I think he's gone too far. Oh, what yeah. will Travis after seeing the cold-hearted execution of the farmer uh, do with him? What will Travis, after seeing the cold execution of the farmer, do with him? Can Travis walk away or even kill his own son? Carol on Walking Dead was able to make that decision to protect Judith, but she's pretty hardcore, mm -hmm. and I don't think Travis is there yet. He still believes the world will go back to normal one day, but he currently has, and he, and he currently has no idea what to do with Chris. Yeah, I think... Drawing a comparison to Lizzie was, that's, that's a really good point. The only thing is I Lizzie guess. was younger and she was, she was genuinely misguided, not really by anyone, but she no. was genuinely, um, she was confused, confused, very right? confused. Right. Remember she was trying to play with the zombies yeah. and she thought. She really thought what she was doing was the right thing because she was a disturbed child who'd been yeah, through too but much. That could be, Chris could be a disturbed child as well, but he's just like, he's older now. He's older. I just think he's, he's able a little bit to make more rational decisions, maybe. And he's just not, he's just, he's made decisions that he thinks are right, but just Travis totally doesn't agree with. So, mm. um, but I can see the parallel, yeah, you know, I can, there's definitely, that's a good point. You know, so will Travis be able to step up and do something about his yeah, son? I don't see that happening. I well, I don't that. see anything like Travis killing his own son. No way. No, but you. maybe Chris kills his dad. It's pretty, oh, that'd be yeah, pretty nuts. Yeah, well, wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, at this point, I don't know. At the very least, abandons him, abandons him or something like that. You know, yeah. I don't know. Adam in Austin, Texas, friend of the show, Adam, writes, So damn, Chris can't come back from that. Killing that farmer was Travis's signal to leave the psycho kid of his with the douchey jocks and go back to Madison. The whole the story jocks. arc feels like it's symbolic for Travis to let go of Chris and let him grow up and find his own path, yeah. which could happen. Um, you know, uh, Travis has been all about saving his son for now, even at the expense of his wife or whatever. Um, and I think this was the sign. I think Adam has a good point. This was the sign that, you know, I tried and I maybe can't bring him back. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go find Maddie again. I wonder then if Travis will decide to stay on the farm and boot those guys out and say, look, I'm going to live here. They don't want to stay there anyway. And he wanted to stay there. Yeah. Uh, I and, mean, it would and be a very the, solitary existence, but maybe for the time being. Well, that's okay. And now that the farmer's dead, yeah, like he, he can live there. He can live there, but can he live with his son? I don't know. No, I, but I mean, like he would send Chris and those guys off on their way. It's tough. It's a tough thing. Like, I know this is just TV, but, you know, 
even though his son is like this and he obviously doesn't see eye to eye with him, would he be able to send him away? Could you send one of our kids away? No. See? <laughs> so it's pretty <laughs> tough. Neither could I. No. But again, yeah. it's not the zombie apocalypse. No. And we didn't witness them just murder a guy. Oh, God, no. You know? So pretty tough call. Yeah. I think something's going to have to to give here. Uh, Becky on the internet writes, I think everything Chris is doing is meant to get back at his dad for killing his mom. He's going to disagree with Travis on everything just for the sake of disagreeing and to hopefully make him as miserable as he feels. When he shot the farmer, he looked straight at Travis, just challenge, challenging him to do anything about it. You shot my mom. What are you going to do about that? Is the look I think he gives him at the end. To me, he doesn't show remorse. It's all about challenging Travis and getting revenge. So Becky mm. is saying that this is a little bit more calculated on Chris's mm. part, that he's really actually pretty evil and yeah. and trying to get back at his dad. What do you think of that? Uh, well, I mean, he knows the context under which why Travis had to kill his mom. Yeah, of course. He she knows. She was infected. But he's not. But he doesn't care. Well, I guess he maybe wanted her to still live out her life and then turn and then they shoot her. But wonder, she asked Travis to kill her. She did. I wonder if, though, Chris just thinks back and, and you know, was like, we didn't know at that point what all this meant or, yeah. you know, we didn't she's, know if she was I think, yeah, totally I think that's hopeless. a good point that he's still angry. And because it is fresh. I mean. It just happened. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. A couple ago of weeks most. ago. And so he's been carrying that this whole time. And mm -hmm. now it's kind of blowing up. Yeah, but to do all this stuff to his dad just because of that. I, I mean, I know it's no, a big I deal. I don't know that everything he's doing is calculated necessarily. Right. But it's, it's like everything. I was going to say it's a big deal. But I mean, if he is going through this just to try to make his dad as miserable as he is, that's pretty evil. Yeah. I know. just, I don't know that he's thinking that rationally though, that he's doing like, right. Oh, I'm going to do this just to piss him off at every turn. I don't think that's necessarily what's going through his head. I don't think he's being rational anymore. I think he's kind of lost it. He's in crazy town. He's well, he, I mean, we saw it earlier <laughs> this season and I was like, yeah, yeah. What's no, going on, man? Chris, even when he's not around his dad, he's been doing reckless things yeah. like walking off on the beach and going into the plane fuselage right in the first half of the season. Yeah. So, well, and, and it could be that it's a re as a result of his grief over his mm -hmm. mom dying. And that would make sense, mm -hmm. you know, totally. so it's, he's snapped as a result. Yep. Uh, Frank on the internet writes, am I the only one who thinks we got robbed of seeing a bride zombie? Haha, <laughs> in all seriousness, <laughs> traditionally, it is the zombie father of the bride who's supposed to bite the bride, right? <laughs> uh, yep, we uh, yep. didn't really get to see the zombie bride. Nope. Um, which is something Jason and I have talked about before and that we're glad that the show, not zombie bride specifically, but we're glad that the show, at least the original show, doesn't go for stereotype zombies like cheap thrills like oh there's zombie bride and here's zombie, zombie football player or <laughs> this is zombie doctor you know like or zombie baby uh Did yeah they have they never had baby they had zombie kids but not babies plenty of kids yeah um but there was what was that one theme, you and i watched zombies. a really dumb show once it was another zombie show and we watched one episode and i said oh my god that was the biggest pile of 
crap I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. What was it called? It was the other. Um, it was the other zombie show that came out a couple of yeah, years and ago. Yeah, and I must have gotten canceled because it was so damn bad. Well, we watched it. God, what was it called? It, we watched it to, to review the first yeah, episode. You guys, yeah, and I watched it with you. Yeah, and we didn't like it at all. And it was sort of, I think it wasn't meant to be a comedy, but there were such ridiculous things in it that it almost came off as comical. And there's this one scene where you see a baby turn into a zombie and it's just so yeah, badly done. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. Now you went too far. You yeah. don't turn babies into zombies. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not cool with that. <laughs> we watched we watched some of iZombie as well. Oh, iZombie that... was pretty good. It was not that. iZombie was actually it's still on, I think. I thought I think iZombie got renewed. You know, I don't know oh, if it What was it called? I don't know it's if it was It's on the list. Uh... It's on our iTunes list, I Yeah, think. yeah. Anyways, I don't I don't I don't know if iZombie's still going. Anyways, I can't remember the name of this other one, which is it's probably something really obvious that'll come to me in a it minute. It was something zombie. No, I don't know. Anyways, I didn't like the first episode of that. And oh, uh, some people told me watch the second one because it's a little bit better. And I oh. did. And I still didn't think it was great. But it had, uh, what's his name from Lost on it? Walt's dad. Oh, yeah. yeah. That guy. <laughs> that that guy. guy. What was. He's good. <laughs> whose, whose name I can't what's remember now either. I don't but know. But he played Michael. Michael was his name on the show on Lost. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Michael from I Lost. I like him. Uh,. Anyways, I'm not going back to that show, so we'll no. move on to yeah, our next our next email here from <laughs> Noop J on the internet. He, he writes, so do we have a new batch of characters to join the group? If I had to guess, maybe the mother of the bride, the groom, and the nephew of the hotel manager. They may all be toast if the writers don't want to upset the status quo, but if I had to guess, I could see the groom and his mother-in-law being new add-ons. The show has always been about family, and considering that Daniel and all of his family have been obliterated, maybe we can interject a new family into the group. And um, the groom's brother was there, too, still. The groom's brother. Yes, because okay. you see him introduce them, or say, can we get the bride and groom, my brother and his bride, oh, yeah. to come dance? And then we see him with them. Yep. Um, and funny fact... The mother of the bride is played. I have this freakish, I don't, can I tell? Well, I have this freakish uh, gift where I recognize people that it's just like, we'll be watching them and be like, oh my God, oh my God, that's the person from that commercial that was blah, blah, blah. And Chris is like, what? How do you remember that? I, think, I just have a really good I think the way you, memory for faces. I think the way you paused after you said, I have this freakish, people were probably thinking, oh my God, what the hell's wrong with her? <laughs> Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't think of what how to put it. This freakish talent, almost. Um, yes. The mother of the bride is played by an actress. I don't know what the actress's name is actually, but she was on Seinfeld. Yes. And she was the woman who was wearing bras as tops on Seinfeld, and she infuriated Elaine. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she was also on. I think she did a. I think she was the narrator on Desperate Housewives. I don't know. I didn't watch uh, that Desperate old Housewives. movie with Terry Hatcher. Was it TV or show? She, movie show. Yep. with Terry Hatcher. Anyway, so that's the mom. Anyways, she was the topless wonder on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I well, wouldn't have the bra. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have picked up on that, but uh, uh, maybe she's joining the show. Maybe yeah, she maybe. will join. I mean, she's here. been on a lot of stuff, so yeah. you'd think if they're bringing in an actress that actually people will recognize, they're going to use her. Yep. Right. Um. Speaking about Daniel and all of his family, though, uh, Ophelia 
she's just missing. We don't know mm, where yeah. she is. She didn't show up in this episode again. Alicia runs out uh, calling her name at one point. So who knows what happened well, to her? She's still trying to find her. Well, like, yeah, she's trying to find her. Exactly. Uh, I, but Alicia comes out of the shower, right? And Ophelia is just gone. Which happened in last yeah, week's episode. Yeah, and, and the thing is, she's, I think Alicia is, might be desperate to find Ophelia, mainly because of what Ophelia was saying in the last episode about how she, she, she can um, identify with the man, the zombie who'd hung himself. Right. Well, she, I think I get she, about giving up that it gets tiring and yeah. why not give up? So I think Alicia might be desperate now to find her because she's worried about her. Well, totally. But also it's just, she's part of the group and she was the only person she was with. Yeah. Well that, yeah. She but, just disappeared. So, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, it's just curiosity. It's like, where the hell are you? No, I think it's more like, <laughs> how long was I in the shower I, for? <laughs> I think it's more likely that she's concerned. Yeah, totally. Because they've they have become close with her. I'm con. I, I mean, she's not just going to disappear and never come back. We will definitely yeah. find out what happened to her, even if she comes back as a zombie. Yes. You know, I don't know, but uh, we'll we'll get more to her story. So I'm just saying, Daniel's whole family isn't gone yet, at least mm-hmm. that we know of. So, uh, Bedell in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, writes, "Ugh, what a bunch of shitmongers!" Hearing their banter and bragging reminded me of some of the frat boys I went to school with. The writers are. Definitely giving us a handful of unlikable meat bags for the walkers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, bags. infected to chow down on. So Bedell does not like the bros. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I think if, the vast majority of viewers might not like the bros. I guess if you have a bad experience with that kind of guy, then you, you might not. Uh, and I'm yeah. pretty sure not all of them will survive. I think they're meant to be put in a not so great light. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think Bedell, you will be pleasantly or uh, pleasantly surprised maybe not surprised when one of them gets or two of them gets uh, eaten pretty well, soon baby james might be gone now he might already he might be become dead. be turning as we speak well he got shot in the leg and y- yeah, you just can't have a guy with a bum leg like, no following they'll have around. to saw his leg off and then devise well, some sort of wheelchair well, thing he's not, for him. He's not bitten. They don't have to saw his leg off to save him. It's just like he slows oh. you down, though, right? Oh, that's right. You don't... I forgot, right? Yeah. yeah he, he, he just got shot. He Jeez. just got shot. So he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Emma in Winnipeg, Manitoba writes, I think it would have been an amazing twist if the Walker Madison lookalike was actually Madison. Do you remember the scene Emma's talking yes. about? Yes. Alicia thinks she sees... Her mom is a zombie. Yeah, and I was sure that she's going to lift her head and it wouldn't be Madison. I mean, come on. I know. Just, it was That was a little bit predictable. Totally. But yes, that would have been an amazing choice. But listen to what Emma has to say. Although I don't feel her story is finished yet, they had the opportunity to do something incredibly unique. I don't think people are invested enough in this show yet to really care about individual characters, at least not like the main show. But killing off a lead like that would have been huge. Mm -hmm. They could have also introduced a conflict between Strand and the rest of the team because no one was there to see how Madison died but him. Why didn't he try to save her? How did he survive when she didn't? And so on. Um, So I think that's interesting, but it would have taken massive balls to kill off Madison like off screen uh, unless yeah. we go back and see how it happens like next week which could have yeah. been interesting too I'm, I mean it would have I'm not yeah I, I mean it would have been shocking mm-hmm. definitely 
It, it would have. And everyone around the world who was watching would have said, oh, my God, I yeah. can't believe they did that. Yeah. Some people probably would have been. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. Other people would have thought that's incredible. I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Hopefully we get more. So and, I don't know. And when I said amazing earlier, I didn't mean like, oh, that's amazing. They killed off. No, it's more like a mate, like shocked and amazed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's OK. I mean, yeah. shocking your audience. Yeah. Should be allowed. That's what I. That's what I meant by amazing. That the shocking, the shock factor is great. <laughs> really great. <laughs> uh, Eric in upstate New York writes. I don't know if you guys noticed that when Travis and Chris were stealing that super sweet station wagon, Travis broke the window and then opened the door with the handle, but never reached in to unlock the door. Oh no way! I didn't notice that. I guess he just felt the need to smash a window. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's. Maybe, That's amazing. Maybe he broke the window, assuming that the, the door was locked, and then realized when the glass broke that, oh, it's not locked, so he just opened the door. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's a really good observation. Like, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. It's probably one of those things where they did, like, four takes or five <laughs> or ten takes, and then, like, one, he kind of, he forgot to, like, pull the thing up, but it, it was the best in every other way. And they're like, screw it, let's just do it. Yeah, so they just use it, you know. Well, and you know what? Look at us. We didn't even notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice So that's it. the thing. Like if only one in how many people notices it, who cares? It's the best take we've got. It's funny though. Like that's the kind of thing that you don't, you just don't usually screw up in TV shows no. and movies because people break into cars so often in movies yeah. and TV shows that, you know, you'd think they'd have it down now, break the window, pull the thing. Yeah. And it's also an ancient car, right? That has, yeah. has one of those lock things. Things, so. yeah. I don't know. It's sort of sort of a funny observation. Uh, so one more email here. Jason in St. Cloud, Minnesota writes, I have tried to watch fear. I can't do it anymore. I have started to actively root for the zombies now. I think the problem is the characters. Madison is a great leader and Travis has the potential to be as well. But my issue is with Chris. I get it. Your mom died. and That's horrible. But dude, this is the zombie apocalypse. Now is not the time to act like a pissed off teenager. Very well put. Yeah, f fair enough. But he, he is kind of being a pissed off teenager. For me, this episode did a lot to make some of these characters a little more interesting than they were. Whether you agree with the way they're behaving or not, I am way more into Chris's story now than I was before yeah. this. Yeah, no, I like I totally agree that I think the character development in this episode was great. It, it was. And and even if you if you can't stand what they're doing, the way it was presented and what we learned about Travis and his relationship with his son, I think they just did such a good job mm -hmm. that I, I feel much more invested in these characters now than I than I did before. And I kind of want to see how it plays out. Whereas before I totally was on board with what Jason and St. Cloud yeah. was saying that. It's like, I don't care. I just hate that kid so much. Yeah. Right? I don't even care what happens to him. I just want him to die. I root for the zombies, you know? Yeah. No, but I get what he's saying about that Chris is acting like a pissed off teenager. Absolutely. Because he is. Although a little more sinister than just that. Well, I hope so. Definitely more sinister. In a few years, we're going to have a couple of oh, pissed man. off teenagers in this and house. I, know. I hope they're not as sinister as that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, I hope not. They are girls. So it could so be bad. we never know what's going to happen. It could be pretty bad. Um. Anyways, um, I'm now looking forward to finding out what happens with, with Chris. I don't expect him to live that long, but 
I want to see where it goes. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe Jason, give the show one more chance. I don't know. I don't know if Jason watched this last episode. I guess he did. If he if he said Chris is acting like a pissed off teenager. But Chris has been acting like a pissed off teenager for a while. He has. He has. I don't know. Um, I hope. Yeah. I hope he continues watching. Yeah, uh, hopefully and, this and was definitely. Um, it was a good one. A really good one. Yeah. It was amazing. All right. Thanks to everyone who wrote in. If you want to, you know, write in with your comments, send your emails to talking to podcast at gmail.com. Uh, one more thing before we wrap up here, and uh, this is not really Walking Dead related, so uh, if you want to cut out now, you can. But that is that since you've been on the show, yeah, uh, people have been enjoying it, and um, which I'm so happy about. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I've been enjoying it, and there's been the suggestion that maybe you and I should do our own podcast about something and not something, not about this it's something we've been we've talked about in the past well recently and, yeah. and briefly but uh it's never really gone past the the uh maybe we should do that yeah all right stage <laughs> and, then, and then nothing happens and then we just say okay let's watch more tv now right let's go watch something else we got lots of shows to watch right yeah um so since we've been doing this for three weeks in a row now we've kind of had an opportunity to, to trial run some stuff here. So, so anyways, the idea has come back around and maybe it would be fun to do. So I thought what we would do is, I don't know, throw it out to all the listeners and say, a, is that something you'd be interested in? Yeah. Um, and B, what kind of thing would you want us to, to do. I don't mm. know if I'd really want to do another TV show. I mm. feel like I get my TV fill from, from doing this show. And also of course, um, I've, uh, I'll be doing the, um, Ash versus evil dead show with Jason from the walking dead cast and right. rich again, yep. when that starts up. So my podcast life is going to be pretty busy in October. We've got that show on and fear ending and the you know walking dead coming back. So I'll be recording a lot then. So I'm not so sure I want to do another TV based mm. podcast um and there's so many already so for tv shows i feel like yeah. it, we'd have to find a new tv show to do a podcast on and i don't even know what's well well there's there's podcasts for every show out yeah, there pretty yeah. much and uh um you know it takes time and all this sorts of things so uh Plus, you want to be timely with your episodes and so on. And it seems like every show is on on Sunday nights. So it's not mm-hmm. like I can watch Walking Dead and record this and watch something else and record another yeah, s- like show Game at the same time. Or something. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think TV show might be out, but, but I don't know. Maybe there's some other good ideas out there. But anyways, what all I want to do is say, let us know. Let us know if that's something you'd be interested in, if you would listen or if you have any great ideas any for ideas, the yeah. kind of things we should, or the kind of show, you know, that might work. Um, maybe people will, maybe they won't. I don't know. I mean, we are just two voices on a microphone here and they don't really know us that well. Well, they do. um, I don't know that they know much about me. Yeah. They know a lot more about you than about 279 me. episodes of this. I yeah. just probably got to know me a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, but if you have any ideas or if that's something you'd be into, Send me an email. Let me know. Talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com for now. Or post and it on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, you can yeah. do that too. That That's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, and, and we'll see. Um, 
you know, the, I had the only idea I had is that maybe what we should do, because there's all kinds of movie review podcasts out there and we like movies. Wait, right? was this the idea I had? No, no. Okay. No. Different so, idea. so there's like, if, on one hand, there's tons of movie review shows out there. So I don't want to just be like, let's review movies. Cause you know, we don't need the, the internet doesn't need any more of that. That's yeah. for sure. Um, so you need to find an interesting spin on it. And there's been a bunch of interesting movie review type podcasts over the years. I listen to lots right now, but even some with interesting uh, concepts, for example, there used to be one where two guys would talk about a movie. One of them has seen it and one of them hasn't. Um, oh, that's cool. And the other guy and the guy who hasn't has only seen like the marketing for it, like which I thought, yeah, yeah, which or the, or even the ads or whatever mm -hmm. billboards, mm -hmm. which I thought that was kind of interesting, but they're long gone um, as far as I know. Uh, but what if <laughs> what if every couple of weeks or maybe once a month you and I went out and for a date night? Yeah. And had dinner. It's an excuse for a date night, people. I'm just going to say kind of. <laughs> but I was going to say had dinner. And saw a movie, and then we reviewed the movie and the dinner. <laughs> oh my god, I love this! Yeah, dinner and a movie, right? But is there a podcast also called, already uh, called Dinner and a I'm Movie? I'm sure there's. Well, as I said, there's plenty of movie review ones. I'm sure there's plenty of food review ones. I haven't looked up any. There's probably some that do both. To be honest with you, um, uh, you know, but the problem with that is like one. Neither of us are film critics, and I know I've reviewed plenty of movies on this podcast here, but... But we're not TV critics either. Uh, fair enough. We're, but we're, I'm a TV pundit. I consider myself a pundit, but not a reviewer or a critic. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that, the, you know, we shouldn't do it for that reason, but uh, I also think that, you know, I don't want to claim that, oh, we're important movie reviewers, critics, whatever, Uh I don't want anyone we to think that. Come important movie. Fine. <laughs> but then on the other hand, we are definitely not qualified as food critics no to way. review food. Uh-uh. So well, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean we can't do it because I think we could. Because uh, I mean I don't know. I know when I like something I eat and I know when I don't like something. Sure, but that's not super exciting or interesting for and we're like yeah i love that meal the pasta was amazing movie sucked <laughs> you know so it, it 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 it's i don't know i i don't know if it's a good idea or not i have to think about it a little bit more maybe it's a terrible idea that would end up being good i'm not sure but that's the idea i had um and i certainly know i'm not qualified to be a food critic uh but i think i, I could know. review food yeah yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. I like see. food a lot. Yeah. Food's good. <laughs> um, but that's where it ends for me. Well, I had, um, you heard my idea. What was it? That we, it was a movie idea, but it was where we would go out to the movies once a month. Mm -hmm. We'd review that movie, but then in between, so we could make it a weekly podcast, we would do, we would watch like older movies that were already out on you know, on in iTunes or on DVD or whatever. Yep. And review those. Like we could even go back and yeah, talk so about movies. Like we could go and we could watch Back to the Future for the millionth time. time yeah. And I could say just how much I love it. Right. Again. But anyway, and then to add to that, we would ask the listeners each week, we'd say, okay, here's the movie we're doing next week. Mm -hmm. please send in your thoughts on that movie. Please watch it during the week. If you haven't seen it already and yep. send in your thoughts and then we get people more engaged in. 
yeah, that. that that would be fun. But again, it's just kind of a movie yeah. review show. That was just the thing I thought of. Yep. But I, I mean, you know, none of these are are bad ideas. I'm just, yeah. I'm just not sure it would be, it would fly, you know. So, well, we did have that idea a long time ago. We talked about a music one, but it was not like a reviewing one. Like we were gonna actually record. Well, we're not going to do that. Why not? <laughs> that's not a podcast. That's a band. <laughs> that's different. But you wanted to do like a, you even said, I want to do a podcast where we cover. No, if I was going to record music, songs. if I was going to record music, it would just be releasing them out there. But okay. I don't know. Anyways, so there's all kinds of things. The whole point of this, this long ridiculous conversation <laughs> here is just to see number one, if, if you, the listeners, if there's anybody out there that would, would be interested in it. And, and two, what should we do? Just throw out ideas, you know, whatever. Um, I, and, and if something comes up that seems like a really good fit, maybe we'll, we'll go with it. Uh, anyways, that is enough of that. We'll see how things go. Uh, and that's going to do it for this week's, uh, episode of the talking dead. So if you want to contact us, as I've said, you can send your email to talking at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Talking Dead. And of course, you can find all of our episodes all the way back to number one at our website at Talking Dead Podcast at uh, dot com. No. Yeah. Talking Dead Podcast dot com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. It's uh, late. I know it's late. All right. Until next time, everyone. My name is Chris. And I'm Christina. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>